Moving into the barriers, Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. Set and underway for Moody on the mic. We're back with another edition of Moody on the Mic. Group 1 Racing returns to Melbourne this weekend. The fans can't go, but the good horses are back. And we're back here on the podcast. I'm Roger Aldridge. Joining me, as they always do, Peter Moody, Anthony Mithen, the resident rain man, Tom Hackett. Let's start with Moods. Looking dashing in his red and black checks. How are you, Moods? I'm terrific, Rog. Great to be back. Second Group 1 of the season. We had the first Group 1 last uh, Saturday in Sydney. The Warwick, Warwick Stakes, was it? Wink stakes. Wink stakes. Used to be the Warwick Stakes, now the Wink Stakes. How rude of me. And then we line up for the Memsey here in, uh, in Melbourne. And probably a couple of the great arguments in racing at the moment with the Patton Committee and this and that. Two warm-up races for the Spring Carnival, the Wink Stakes and the Memsey Stakes, both Group 1. Should they be? They've got Group 1 horses in them, but should they be Group 1s? Big question mark there. But listen... All that aside, it's great to see the good horses back and strutting their stuff on the stage early spring. Mitha, have you got any uh, Group 1 horses in the Rosemont Silks going to go around in the next few weeks? Oh, look, we're going to wait for the real Group 1s. I'm a bit with moods. These, you know, I get we all get excited and it's Group 1 racing, but does it feel like a Group group 1 race on Saturday? It feels like the warm-up. We're still playing practice games. Pointy end still a long way off. Um, that's certainly what it felt like on Saturday too. I know I tipped everyone very elegant, just keep betting on the best horse in the race, particularly at this time of year, and nearly came off for me. But uh, I don't know. Would they be that disappointed that they've lost the wink stakes with very elegant? I don't think so. They'd be delighted with her run and happy that uh, she's come back in great fettle and ready for a really big spring that's going to culminate in probably a couple of Group 1 wins when the whips are really cracking. So I'm with Pete. It's 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 a bit of a dance with your sister at this stage um, and we'll hold our fire. I'm excited. Well, John O'Shea is excited about promise of success that will be known to our podcast listeners from uh, last uh, last series. We, we tipped her a couple of times and we did get the chocolates there uh, a midweeker at Warwick Farm. So he thinks she's come on in leaps and bounds and in for a big spring. So... Look for her uh, as the as the season progresses. Hey, man, I, I know that uh, you'll agree that it doesn't feel like the group ones are here just yet, despite them being so in the race book. Yeah, let's be real. There's group ones and then there's real group ones. Um, there's definitely a, lay, a level of group one. And it really, at the end of the day, it really doesn't. Uh, we can still bet on them. We can still find winners. Still, and they're still good races in their own right. So, do I think the Memsey Stakes and the Wing Stakes should be Group One races? Absolutely not. Do we have too many Group One races in Australia? Absolutely. Does it really matter though? At the end of the day, if we find the winner, no, it doesn't. So, all, I'm all about finding the winner of the race, no matter if it's a Group One or a benchmark 58 at Maui. As long as uh, there's winners to be found, it's happy days for me. Interesting you say about finding the winner of the group run races. We had monster download numbers last week, Rayman, monster. I mean, granted, a lot of them were just me going back, re-downloading so I could listen to this. I have no doubt, have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Very Elegant is going to make you look really, really (laughs) stupid, Rog. Like, really stupid. Yeah, that was after I tipped my going to win the Group 1. So it is all about finding the winners of the Group 1s. <laughs> you had no faith in Very Elegant. You might well make the case now as to why she didn't want to win. But the fact was, Mitho, 
I don't get many wins here on Moody on the mic, but I'm going to take this one. I'm going to do a bit of a victory lap. Uh, Mwunga was super. Mwunga's going to win more group ones, whether they've been legitimate ones or not. Uh, and so we'll very elegant. I forgot I said that until that very minute. That's why I've gone a lighter shade of purple. Uh, that was embarrassing. But nonetheless, I still agree with the theory. Just keep betting on the best horse in the race at that time. And if you get beaten by one because it's up and coming and it's gone next level, everyone's happy. So um, you're happy. You were you were on the up and coming Moonga that got the prize. Well done to you. Um, I don't. I'm not disappointed. I lost my fifty on very elegant. And and who trains Mahunga? Best trainer best in the world. In the world. <laughs> well, there you go. Fancy tipping against the best trainer in the world, Annabelle Mason. God bless and her. Still eligible for a midway, the best trainer in the world. Oh, how good. How good a thing she's going to be when she lines one up in a midway. <laughs> I find it funny when Moods decided he wanted to jump in. He started talking and I couldn't hear a thing. The first time he's ever muted himself, he'll light a durry and he'll cough up a lung while he's not muted. And then finally he's got something good to say and he's put himself on mute. The Invincible Caviar ran on the weekend. She got more publicity than some of the Group 1 uh, press over the weekend moods. Uh, how did you rate her win? Uh, obviously, Jamie Carr didn't even touch her. She, she didn't get in by much, but it didn't look like she exerted herself either. No, uh, it was good to see um, Invincible Caviar get the job done, albeit the sale maiden on a Sunday afternoon, but I think it'll be a pretty handy form race. Uh, it was a very soft win. She did all she had to, and, uh, yeah, it was just pleasing to get the monkey off the back at a second start. So I think she'll venture back to the city now and uh, measure up the stakes grade pretty comfortably. And I think uh, I'd be looking at the form out of the race. Trey Porte ran third. He's already run fourth in a listed race, and... Uh, couple other placings. I'd be following the extravagant horse. Its name just escapes me that ran second to it. I think it'll be a nice good thing in the maiden next time it goes around and learns a bit more. But uh, I'll take a win anywhere and more importantly with a well-bred filly, very important. She, you t- How much do you take out of the race and how much do you take out of that trial? Because she beat Argentia in the trial who of course we spoke about on the two previous podcasts of this and she came out and uh, won very well at the Valley going five wide the trip. Oh, she beat Zaza Zarula, I think you were Zaza Zarula, yeah, yeah. That's right, not Argentia. So that f- trial form was franked uh, on the Saturday with Zazarella winning at Mooney Valley. Of course, Invincible Caviar beat her in a Cranbourne trial. I, I would suggest the trial watchers probably need to go back and see what ran third, fourth and fifth in that trial. There might be a few more maiden winners to come out of that trial. So she'll take good improvement uh, experience-wise, fitness-wise, and uh, look forward to seeing her in town in a couple of weeks' time. A couple of people suggested she might not have had much more to give. You'd dismiss that, no doubt. Oh, well, we'll find out next time round. Uh, that's why uh, we're all employed by Ladbrokes and uh, they set the market and those people will be able to uh, bet or not bet on their opinion of whether she had anything in the tank. I was surprised she went round to $1.60, Peter, because I thought she'd go round about $1.25. But I was listening to RSN on the way home. And they said, oh, big signs here for uh, Invisible Caviar's chances. Peter Moody's just walked onto the track. He's taking it seriously if the big fella's gone down a sail on a Sunday. I heard that myself. I was nearly sick in my own hands <laughs> that, at the thought that because Peter Moody's here on track, it's uh, there's, the, the plunge is on. They're like, what an absolute nonsense that was. That was just to get the punters to take the dollar fifty, wasn't it? What a nonsense. Yeah, well, you didn't uh, tighten up any further. No, they actually backed the second horse in the race after I walked on the track. But uh, had they been out, 
had they been out in the car park, they would have realised I'd already been there for an hour and I was watching a bit of Stan in the back seat of the car. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it these days? Stan. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I've seen some of the videos you sent through, but they ain't on Stan. Um, <laughs> Uh, we just saw today, uh, we spoke about the Winx stakes, but Winx, uh, it's been uh, announced today that Winx is going to go get serviced by Piero. Mitho, this is uh, more your wheelhouse than anyone else's. Uh, what do you uh, make of that? Uh, is it is it Greg Evans' perfect match style here? Oh, yeah, it's a good mating. Um, uh, street cry um, that, uh, yeah, Lonro street cry mix. Um, uh, Piero obviously being a, a son of Lonro, so... Um, yeah, I can't can't see why you wouldn't, and I'd, I would have thought there's been far more planning, attention, study, and thought than the five seconds that you've given me to assess that mating. So I'm going to leave it. That so you're the, a professional, mate. The powers that be have done their done their due diligence and and made a really good decision on uh, on Winks and and Peter Ty and the team will have uh, will have thought about that over a very nice glass of red or two over the last couple of months working that out so good luck to them um they they deserve to get a uh, maybe a, a um a, a champion to come like peter seems to have got with the sail maiden victory on sunday on a sunday yeah the sail maiden wasn't it yeah yeah we, we part own Traporti that yeah is yep. sort of down to get gelded i think they got beat in the sail maiden yeah 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 yeah, mm. yeah. I'm glad that, um, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, they deserve a bit of luck with connections to Winks. It's been tough for them. Really tough. Yeah. No, they've had a hard time in the last couple of years trying to find her replacement. In fairness to the great mayor, she, she had some health issues. Yeah. Uh, she lost her first bowl. She got quite ill. So it's great to see her back on on uh, at a health level where she can be uh, contemplated that she's off to the breeding barn again. And, uh, you know, Along with my babe, invincible caviar, we hope Winks gets the opportunity to throw some of her wares into some of her progeny down the track. Now, here's a thought. Let's make racing even more exciting with Same Race Multi. Across all three race codes. Ladbrokes has Australia's biggest Same Race Multi offering across thoroughbred, greyhound, harness and international races. Add up to four runners to your Same Race Multi, lock in your odds and watch your potential payout increase. Bet with Ladbrokes, the home of Same Race Multi. T's and C's apply. See ladbrokes.com.au for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. One group one on the program this Saturday, but there's plenty of other good races around. And the best race in Sydney is where we'll see the Golden Slipper winner stay inside, step out upon resumption. Rayman, seven of the last eight Golden Slipper winners haven't won another race uh, she will reign, I think, was the exception. Went on to win another Group 1. But um, it's been somewhat of a poison chalice to the punters think that he'll break it this weekend and, uh, and kick off with a win in the San Domenico. Yeah, absolutely right, Rog. Definitely has been a poison chalice. The punters are keen here, stay inside. Open $2.40 in the San Domenico. Lely has the uh, fitness edge. It's on the second line of betting there at $3. Remarks $5. Double figures the rest here. So... It's an interesting race, this one. And you've also got to throw in the fact that the Kembla Grange track is currently uh, very heavy. It's currently a heavy nine. 
And Richmond Freeman has uh, not guaranteed that Stay Inside will take his place on a heavy track. So that's another one to bear in mind. But Stay Inside's winning the Golden Slipper was excellent. It was a, a very high-rating edition of the Golden Slipper. He's since come out and won a, a barrier trial in really impressive fashion. So, And he looks like a very, very good horse. But I could have said the same thing about a lot of recent uh, Golden Slipper winners. Capitals looked like he was going to be a star. Vancouver looked like he was going to be a star. And uh, another one, another, none of them won another race. I'm hoping that Stay Inside is is different and can go on with things as a three year old. And I uh, get hopefully we'll we'll see on Saturday. Uh, Pulele has it's a good benchmark because it was outstanding first up in the Rose by does have the fitness edge and uh, it's a it's clearly a horse with plenty of talent as well. And another horse in the market currently at twelve dollars, sort of state won the Systema Stakes in New Zealand. By Three and a half lengths. That's the uh, the the best two year old race in New Zealand, and it's uh, clearly got some talent as well. So we've seen Jamie Richards have a huge amount of success in Australia in recent years. So it's a horse to keep an eye out for at a bit of a price here. I sort of stayed at twelve dollars. So after all, that's probably not a race I'm going to bet into, but very very interested to see what happens here. Would love to see Stay Inside come back a winner, but I've got a respect got respect for a lot of other horses in this field as well. Tommy Berry will be hoping Stay Inside does indeed run and he'll be hoping to give it a very, very good steer so he can keep the ride for deeper in the spring. He was today handed a 17-meeting suspension, provincial and metropolitan, uh, for his involvement in the race fall that um, sent uh, Brendan Abdullah to hospital. So he, he's got a 17-meeting band. That kicks off on Sunday. So he's going to miss the Chelmsford Stakes Day, Theo Mark Stakes Day, George Main Stakes Day and the Golden Rose Day. So he is going to miss some key rides throughout the spring. But I do think that if he does, uh, if Stay Inside does run this Saturday, that Tommy Berry will give him the steer he needs and he will uh, sort of edge toward breaking that poison challenge, at least get another win on the board for a slipper winner, albeit this isn't a group one, but it's going to be a good race nonetheless. Well, I think uh, Stay Inside, he had a pretty light preparation leading into the slipper. Uh, you don't want to see good horses resume on heavy ground, so let's hope he gets back to the soft conditions. Both he and Sword of State are undefeated on the soft. They're both two for two on soft ground. Um, but seeing is believing and seeing that trial of Stay and Sides back on the Renwick course proper about four weeks ago, and he's had plenty of time to uh, get a few more miles in the, in the tank since then. Uh, seeing was believing. I thought he looked fantastic in that trial, and I think it's going to take a hell of an effort to beat him. I'm backing him to overcome the slipper hoodoo. For some reason that he doesn't line up, uh, I think Sword of State's probably going to be the very interesting runner. Um, two for two on the soft. Schnitzel breed aren't at their best on that ground, but uh, his record says he does get through it. So I would think uh, Jamie Richards would have him pretty wound up. He was going to come over for the slipper and they decided at the last minute not to send him. So uh, they obviously have a very good opinion of him and Jamie Richards, he's just been airborne for the last few years. And as you touched on, Rog, his horses have been running extremely well uh, each and every time he comes to Australia. So great race and great to see these good three-year-olds returning. And, uh, yeah, stay inside for me. I thought he looked enormous in the trial. I wish I did touch on that, Moods, but that's more Rain Man's wheelhouse. Uh, he, oh, sorry. <laughs> he'd be the one who knows. Smitho, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's a tr it is tricky. And, and going back to my theory, probably, the best performed horse in this race is the Golden Slipper winner. So I've probably incumbent upon me early as we flush out the form. Um, I, For one of a tip, it's stay inside, but I'm a bit with mood. Sort of state 
looks a very smart horse and and moods. I'd probably lean towards the Schnitzels actually handling the wet. If you were if you if you were you've obviously had a couple that haven't. So um, you you you're the you know you're the product of your own environment and your own experience, aren't you? So um, yeah, I, I I reckon I'd be dead scared of sort of state and, and Pala, uh, how do you say it? Palale. Uh, he, he looks a classy sort of animal. So, look, if the winner doesn't come out of that three, I'd be very surprised. But for one of a tip, stay inside. Pretty decent push there from uh, all three of my colleagues for um, for sort of state as well as um, stay inside. So there's a couple for your punters. Let's move down to Melbourne now. Let's kick off from the McNeil Stakes. Um, and another one from the Friedman camp, albeit the different Friedman camp, where the eyes will be on uh, the Blue Diamond winner, Artorias, who uh, I think ran six in the Golden Super, didn't he run there? Correct, Rog. is open as the $3.20 favourite, but there's been good support outside of Artorias. General Bo on the second line of betting now at $3.50. Heresy on, uh, has been the market mover with Ludbrokes. It's been $6 into $4.50. Peter Moody's lightsaber in there at $21. But really looking forward to the McNeil stakes this weekend. Cannot wait to see Artorias back in action. Definitely a favourite of Moody on the mark after uh, Moody's tipped him at a big price in the Blue Diamond stakes. And he always gave the impression that he was going to be even better as as a three-year-old. And uh, I'm hoping that we see that uh, on Saturday I, I do think he'll probably take benefit from this run. He will be better over further with the uh, Caulfield Guineas, his main target. But I just think he he's a very classy galloper. And I just wouldn't be surprised if he just comes out and, and blows them away and really stamps himself as the three-year-old to follow. So hopefully he should get a nice run in transit here from Barrow 3. So I'm happy to have Artorias uh, on top here to make a winning return to the races. There's no doubt that his grand final is uh, the Caulfield Guineas uh, in uh, about what, five, six weeks' time. But uh, this is the same part that the Friedman camp went with Super Seth, who came out and won the McNeil Stakes upon his resumption in his Caulfield Guineas winning year. So uh, it's a path well-travelled for that camp. And I think Artorias, who had a really good jump out last Friday, he's fought enough to win this. Uh, General Bo, I think, is the only threat. And uh, and I still think Artorias will get him and win this on Saturday. Moods, what are your thoughts here? Do you stick with these sort of two-year-olds going, uh, becoming, coming back as really good three-year-olds in that ingratiating form? Uh, yeah, for me, Artorias on top. He's the class horse in the race. He's rated sort of some 20 points above the rest of the field. Uh, he's going to be sort of midfield, second half. Might be run a little bit stop-start, unfortunately, but I think his uh, class will probably come to the fore. Uh, and I don't see a danger. My horse, Lightsaber, can improve off his first up run. Still waiting to get him out to 1,400, uh, where we'll see him at his best. But... Uh, I'm hoping he could cause an upset, but realistically, I think Artorias is probably too strong. It's a it's a dead set Quinella. Uh, don't think you can go wrong taking the Quinella here, uh, General Bow and Artorias. Um, Artorias, interestingly, for a for a horse as classy as he is, uh, got beaten his first time out, um, and that's well worth um, bearing in mind here. General Bow really good against ingratiating. Uh, first up, ingratiating just electric turn of foot down the outside. So um, I, I just have these two head, head and shoulders above them and I'll, I'll let them um, sort it out for themselves while I'm uh, watching at the bar, sucking a stubby, barracking for the Quinella. So um, Artorias General Bo Quinella for mine. Is that all right? Can I do that? Can I tip that on Moody on the mic? You sure can. I want to know what bar you're watching it at, Nico. My own? 
Oh, you're right. Oh, actually, that's that's better than a lot of uh, pubs that I've been to, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that way, you, you know, I, I don't get annoyed by the pests. I'll be there by myself. <laughs> well, let's move on. Of all. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. Uh, let's move on now. Race five on the program, the Heath over 1,100 metres. Uh, another group three. Rayman, how's the market shape for this one? Uh, early push here for Mars Crusader. Open to $1.95. Punters wasted no time taking that price. It's into $1.80 now. Peter Moody's got the horse on the second line of betting. Oxley Road, $7. They're the only horses at single-figure odds. Likes of uh, Viridine, Amish Boy, Crosshaven, all around the $11 marks here. But this race really is all about Mars Crusader, and he's clearly the class sprinter in this field. <laughs> Uh, he showed there was always a lot of hype around this horse, and he showed just how good he is in the autumn. He finished, he won the William Reed Stakes in really impressive fashion, and finished second behind Nature Strip in the TJ Smith Stakes. He's already got his slot secured for the Everest as well, and he does look like the next uh, the next big sprinter. He's drawn Barry Eleven, which I think does suit here because he'll be able to stay out of trouble. We know his racing pattern does. Uh, um, can lead him into a little bit of trouble, but I think Barry Eleven does suit. He can get back, uh, sort of get up and running a fair way from home, and I think he'll just have too much class for his rivals here at Caulfield. If you sort of, you look at the, the the other horses in this race; they're they're genuine Group Three listed horses. While um, we've got uh, Mars Crusader here, who is a, a proven Group One performer, so I think Mars Crusader is deserving of his status uh, as favourite here, and I think he's going to be very very tough to beat. I've got Mars Crusader on top, but I'm I'm not saying it's a one horse race because he does get back, and as we know, you got to make your own luck up there on the speed. And I think that does allow a horse like your one, Mood Oxley Road, to potentially be in with a chance. Obviously, as Rayman said, Mars Crusader is the class here. We've seen him do it on the biggest stages, but um, is there a chance that Oxley Road can just uh, bowl along up front and uh, and say, "Catch me if you can." Well, that's the way it's got to pan out for Oxley Road. Facts and figures and weights and measures. Um, you know, he gets a kilo and a half off Mars Crusader, who's a, who's a genuine Group 1 weight for age horse and, and the rising superstar of the sprinting ranks. Oxley Road's lining up for his fifth start. He won a three-year-old Group 3 and has one run out of his age group and got beat in a benchmark 84 at his last start, and he gets a kilo and a half off a weight for age group one potential superstar. So ratings say not, but Oxley Road will sit on the speed. He's trained on extremely well from that first up run at Flemington. He will kick well off the bend there at Caulfield, and I think he will give a great account of himself. Uh, Yes, I think he can run very well, but the class says Mars Crusader should be too good for them. Mitha, you mentioned about Spaceboy being uh, the Gary Patelli. I think it had outlined a, a race to the Valley for Spaceboy a long way out. He didn't take his place last week. Um, Caulfield seems like a nice backup plan. Well, not really, because the whole point of it was to get the horse to the Valley, and now he's running it around at Caulfield. And yeah, last year, like wasn't in the field last week either. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Portelli's lost his marbles. Just take the horse back to Sydney until Mooney Valley's on again. It's a nonsense. So you can draw a line through it, punters. Space Boy, out. As well as as good as scratched. I've got a question for Peter. You just made mm-hmm. the greatest case why you wouldn't run Oxley Road at the weights against Mars Crusader, yet you are. Well, uh, does that tell you I'm thinking I can maybe knock him off, Anthony? It does. And I thought it was a point 
worth our podcast listeners noting very carefully. You are running this horse because even though he is poorly off at the weights, it's probably not the conditions that you would you would want to put this horse into. He's a cult that you need to protect his reputation. You're putting this horse to the sword against your own reputation here. Big call, Peter. Big big call, Anthony. Big call. Um, you're dead set right. In a handicap, he'd be getting probably seven or eight kilos off Marsh Crusader. Uh, but unfortunately, this isn't a handicap. It's presented at the right time, at the right trip. I didn't expect Mask Crusader to be here, uh, quite honestly. Uh, but he is, and he's got a lump his weight. He's got to give him, give us half a dozen lengths, I would suggest, on straightening up at Caulfield. What are you thinking, Mitha? I'm with you, Petey. I'm with you. I'm coming <laughs> on the Oxley Road. Let's get down that road and get the favourite beaten punters. Oxley Road, if it's good enough for Pete and he's given it some thought, he hasn't just thrown it in there on a whim. Uh, he's looking after this horse. He's a nice, big, strong stallion type that uh, might end up with a good home down at Rosemont. You never know if I say the right things about him, I'm a better chance than not. So um, Oxley Road for me, Petey's old mate, Trumby Nolan on board. Um, I like the odds too, Rain Man. We're getting seven bucks, so you can back him each way and I reckon your money's safe. Safe in the bank, Oxley Road, each way. So it must have been someone else last week that spent the entire podcast carrying on about you just back the best horse punters. You find the best horse and you just back them. Back the best horse. Don't worry about anything else. Just back the best horse. You said about a hundred times and now one week later you get very elegant rolled and now you've already jumped off. Only a fool does the same thing twice expecting the same result. <laughs> That's right. So do what I do and just back the shit ones and hope for the best. It's darts and a dartboard, Rog. Exactly. All right, let's move on now to the Cockrum. Uh, Rayman, uh, how is the market shaking, shaping for uh, another Group 3? I think it is on the program. Yeah, great race. This one, the Cockrum this year. Probabil has opened as the favourite $2.70. Instant Celebrity Group 1 winner on the second line of betting at $4. Then La Mexicana, a favourite of the podcast, yours in particular, Rog, has been the early market mover. <laughs> $7.50, but really good race here. Similar setup to Bill's return to the races in the autumn in the Belmain Stakes where you got a really good price and uh, she was just far too good for them. And I think she'll be too good for them here as well. I think she's the class horse in this field. I think she's one of the best mares in the country. And she's proven that she can carry big weights as well, which is, which is important because she will carry 60 kilos here. But uh, she's got a great – she's unbeaten at Caulfield – her win over 1400 in the fraturity in the in the autumn was one of the one of the best right uh, best wins of the the Melbourne autumn for mine and I just think that she is the class horse in this field. Uh, Instant Celebrity is is another very good horse. We know that we've all got plenty of time for La Mexicana, but I do think that Probabil is just on that other level. And if you had Probabil in the Memsey Stakes, she'd be right in the market there as well. So happy to be with the class here with Probabil. Uh, she makes her own luck right on the speed. I think she'll go forward there from Barrier Ten and. Uh, I think she'll make a winning return to the races. I'm with you. And I do love La Mexicana. But the fact she only gets two kilos off Probabil, I mean, this is, it's the same argument as what we, we just went through. I, I, Probabil is, is a clear class horse in the race. And uh, as you mentioned, she's a great record at Caulfield. That first up win, uh, that, that 1,400 win in the futurity was, you know, I didn't, I wasn't on her then. I'm going to be on her now. 
There's no way I'm letting her go around without my money on Saturday. I'm with probably all the way. I still love you, though, La Mexicana. Um, instant celebrity. She's been working very nicely out at Packenham. I've been sneaking over the fence at my old mate, Philip Stokes. And uh, I reckon he's got this mare pretty tuned up first up. She's had a couple of jump outs and trials. She's had a couple of nice gallops out there. And I reckon Stokes, he's pretty happy with this mare. I saw Craig Williams out there last week giving her a trial. Didn't do a lot on her. Just had a nice spin round. And uh, she's in very good order. Instant celebrity. So, uh, you know, I'm with the top two here. Um, Probabil, she was super first up in the Belmain Stakes last time. 60 kilos. Like Rain Man said, she can sit up on the speed in this race. There's not a lot of speed in this race. She'll sit handy to the speed. She'll sprint quick and probably get a clear run from the draw. Instant celebrity, C. Williams, gate three, is probably going to be buried a little bit in the ruck. Could be the difference. I've got two runners in the race. Diamonds in the sky is probably the speed factor. She's going to control the race from the front, one would imagine, and the tempo. Uh, Snickerdoodle Dandy, a nice mare, looking for further, will probably be in need of the run. But uh, for me, probably on top only just over instant celebrity thinking uh, she might get a better, clearer run. Peering over your neighbour's fence, looking at his mess, jeez, mm. moods. Mm. If I want to see a group one horse at the moment, Rog, I've got to look over my neighbour's fence. <laughs> I'm, hoping to, I'm hoping to make a couple, but I've got to look over my neighbour's fence to see a group one horse. He's a snowdropper from way back. He's out there. <laughs> He's stealing the saddles off the clothesline. Talking of mares, instant celebrity, um, her mother uh, now resides in the paddocks of Rosemont. We were able to uh, purchase her at the Magic Millions broodmare sale this year and uh, mm. delighted to have her. So we'll be giving her a big cheer. She has got a good fresh record. Uh, she's she's won one out of two uh, first up and won both her runs second up. So, um, you know, she is a good fresh horse. Uh, she's a Group 1 winner now, winning... Uh, the uh, Sankster States in South Australia. So you can make a really strong case for her. But I'm not going away from my theory. Back the best horse in the race. Probabil's it. And she resumed in fine style, as you've pointed out. And I think Rain Man, from memory, I might have tipped her that day. I couldn't believe the odds of two, 270. It might have even been 350 into 270, something like that on that day. You can say uh, that you might have tipped her that day because none of us are going to remember and none of us are going to check. So. No, I did. <laughs> Mitho and I both tipped her very strongly. In fact, I not only tipped her, she was my best bet of the day. And we got as much as $4.50 at one stage, which uh, the bookies have learned their lesson. Uh, We didn't get that this morning. No, Bullshit. Bullshit. Take the the $2.70 any price of winner, Peter. Probable uh, instant celebrity flashing late for the Quinella. All right, let's move on now. The group one on the program is the Memsey Stakes. It is not a vintage group one by any stretch of the imagination. The big boy behemoth is back in Victoria for this one after a a win in the Spring Stakes, a very narrow win. Actually, he won it on protest, didn't he? So uh, in the Spring Stakes uh, against Bo Rossa. Uh, Rayman, uh, do the punters feel like he can win it outright this time? Yeah, I think you're being a bit harsh for this race, Roger. I think it's a, a decent edition of the Mamsie Stakes here. It's fine, but... Behemoth looking to become the first horse since the great mayor Sunline to win the Mamsie Stakes in back-to-back years. He's the 4.20 favourite. Tefane coming up to Group 1 wins in Brisbane. She's $4.60. Plenty of hype around Inspirational Girls. She's there at $7. Bo Rossa was the first horse across the line in that race in Adelaide. It's $8.50. And Sierra Sue. 
is the uh, market mover, $13 into $9, the PB Lawrence Stakes winner. We haven't even mentioned Colette and Igon, who's there at $12. So I think it's a really good race. And I'll be backing two horses here. I think there's a few horses in this market that are a fair bit shorter than they than they should be. So I'm happy to take the 420 for Behemoth, the 460 for Tefane, and back them both. So we saw Behemoth win this race in impressive fashion last year, coming off a win in Adelaide. We know he's got a great record at Caulfield. 1,400 metres is his pet trip. And I think Barrier 9 suits here because he's a big lump of a horse. So Jamie Carr will be able to get him. The, get him off the rail and uh, he'll be very tough to, to hold out late. Tefano, though, is absolutely flying. And if you look at her 1,400 metres record, it's absolutely brilliant. Th- four starts over 1,400 metres. She's won an all-age stakes, a really strong addition to the all-age stakes. She won the Stradbroke with a big weight. Then she won the Tatsiara in impressive fashion as well. So Mike Moroni's got this horse absolutely flying. She's drawn ideally with Craig Williams here in barrier four. Caulfield suits. And uh, you're still getting $4.60. So I think they're the two standouts here quite clearly. I think Inspirational Girl's far shorter than she should be. Sarah Sue's far shorter than she should be. The PV Lawrence Stakes has been uh, a worse form reference than the Golden Slipper. Uh, the only winner in the last decade that's won another race in Melbourne during the spring was Mourinho. There's been a lot of high-profile horses win the PV Lawrence Stakes and then fail to fire another shot during the spring. I think Sarah Sue might join that list. I think the, the interesting runner here might be Colette at $11 for Godolphin. Now, first up in the in the autumn, she won the Apollo Stakes over 1,400 metres, and she beat very elegant, and she beat a very strong field to do so. So she's currently going around at $11. We need a bit of luck from Barry 12 with D Oliver in the saddle, but she's the one that I think is uh, a bit of a silly prize at the double figures. But for me, it's uh, Tefane, it's Behemoth. I'm happy to back them both. I think both of them are super winning chances, but I'm leaning toward Tefane. Just the old mare's informed thing. And uh, obviously she's had a break since her Queensland wins, but it hasn't been a long break. And I think she she just seems to be racing in terrific form. Uh, Sierra Sue, given they've met on level weights in recent times, I'm surprised Sierra Sue is as short as she is. But again, it's a mare informed. Uh, I'm, I'm just going with Tefane just in this one. And what's a really tough betting race? Well, I can't nail one here, but I'm going to throw a trifecta into the mix. I'm going with the Mares, 9, 10 and 11. Colette, Tafane, Inspirational Girl. Inspirational Girl, five wins at the trip. I know she's a daughter of Reliable Man, but she's five wins at 1,400. Tafane, absolutely flying. She's going to have that great residual fitness of the Brisbane Winter Carnival. And you know how horses thrive up there in the warmer weather. And Colette, well, you just can't get that out of your head that she beat very elegant. Uh, the best horse in the land, first up, last preparation, uh, or the preparation before, I should say. Um, so 9, 10, and 11, any way you want to do, box them up, uh, back the three of them, and you'll end up with the winner. Great respect for Behemoth. He, he, he's a very good horse, but uh, I think the girls will hold sway here. Well, Mitho, if 9, 10, and 11 run the trifecta on Saturday, I'm, no doubt we can expect the text message thread to light up with moods uh, letting us know all about it. Oh, it'll our our WhatsApp group will go absolutely bananas. It'll be off its chops. Uh, Peter, I've got a question for you, and it, yes. it relates to the training of these wonderful animals that we love and respect. I would love your insight into the job that Mike Moroni will have done to have Tefane ready to run at Group 1 level. And so I know we're saying it's a B-grade Group 1, but nonetheless, it's Group 1 level. There'll be there'll be plenty of pressure around uh, over the 1,400 at Caulfield on Saturday. Um, 
she's run in April. She's run in May. She's run twice in June. She's had July off. And here she is fronting up in a group one in August. It's a really heavy work schedule for a, a mare to run in, uh, by the way, in Sydney, Brisbane, and now Melbourne. Um, how do you manage that as a horse trainer? Well, she hasn't been overly raced, has she? She's, her runs have been well-spaced. No doubt she was left up in Queensland to enjoy the warmth post those couple of wins, which probably gives her an added advantage over the horses that have been prepared in Victoria and, and even Western Australia, South Australia, where they've sort of wintered in harsher conditions. Um, Mike wouldn't have had a, to have done a lot of work with you, with her, to, to have her up to the mark for this. And a very little known fact, Anthony, is you don't need a horse to be fit enough to win over 1,400 first up at, as you do 1,200. Because the tempo of a 1,400 where they usually jump, run, ease, have a good breather in the middle and then sprint home allows a horse to probably be more slightly underdone. Where in a 1,200, 1,100, 1,200 where they tend to run along most of the way, um, you need to be rock hard and fit. So horses can go into a seven-furlong race a little bit soft and get away with it condition-wise. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to double-guess Mike Moroni. You know, he's had this mare flying, and I would suggest she's probably going to line up in the same vein of form as the last two wins. And if you think those last two wins are as good enough to win this race, be on her. Yep. Okay. That's a, that's a really good summary and a good insight into what they will have had to do. I know uh, from our point of view, we're trying to get Brooklyn Hustle, who ran in that race up at Eagle Farm uh, against Stefane, her, her last win um, in the um, in the Tats Tiara. Um, she's, she only had a small break and she's had some pre-training up there in Queensland and we're trying to get her ready for the Moyers Stakes in a month's time, 1,000 metres, and we're pushing the clock now. So it's a massive effort to get a, uh, to have a break. Maybe she didn't have much of a break, I'm not sure. But, um, gee, I'm going to be fascinated to see how she runs and what sort of a spring she has, um, having, having really raced all through you know, the back end of the autumn and the winter, right, man? Yeah, we've got a video going up on Ladbroke social channels are Thursday so it'd be live by the time most people are listening to this about Tefane I would speak to her managing owner Rupert Lee and they've got very big ambitions for Tefane this spring not just the Memsey but she'll go Memsey to the Maccabi Diva Stakes and they want to get her out to 2,000 metres for the Turnbull Stakes and for the Lundbrokes Cops plate as well so I've never seen her uh, beyond 1,400 metres but her record there is outstanding and if she can pull off what they're planning with her uh, this spring. She'll go down as uh, one of the great mares. Yeah, she will. Um, good luck to them. And uh, to, I love it when people step outside their comfort zone and, and try and do something different. So um, I've got her in my trifecta uh, with Pete. Um, but I, I'm going to take one at odds here. 12 bucks about Aegon. Um, I reckon that's uh, terrific odds. If he can get a little bit of cut out of the ground, uh, looking out the, uh, at the window here in Geelong, it's... Um, it's cold and wet at the minute. Uh, what are we, Wednesday night? Um, not a lot of rain around the next couple of days, but I don't think it's great drying weather. So there probably will be just a bit of toe in the ground uh, for Aegon to get it done. Um, soft soft track forms, un- outstanding. Uh, six runs for five wins. Uh, first up, terrific. Two for two. Uh, I just think at the $12, he's a, he's a bet each way to nothing. So uh, Aegon for me each way, but Tefane, big watch, and I love Colette as well. All righty, that wraps up the key races we're going to look at this week on Moody on the Mic. When we come back, it's our best bets. I am here. 
to show you all how to land broker. Take a look at where the big bets are landing. Ladbrokes Bet Ticker gives you a live feed of incoming bets across all your favourite races and sports on your Ladbrokes app. Plus, you can now select and filter by runner. See where the big bets land with Bet Ticker. But let's not stop there. Let's Ladbrokes the <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. All right, here we go with our best bets. Uh, let's kick it off as we always do with the resident Rain Man. Uh, only one this week, Rain Man, or you got three or four for us? No, just the one this week, Rog. I'm sticking with Probabile. Uh, she is a great mare, and I think she's got a class edge over her rivals here in the Cochrane Stakes. So, race six, number one, Probabile to uh, get the job done and uh, hopefully start what should be another really uh, strong spring campaign. I'm going to race three, number three, Lunacorn. Don't be fooled by the numbers in the form, guys. She was very unlucky in the Group 2 Queen of the South in her final run of last preparation. Her fresh form is good. She's not won at 1,400, but she has placed in a Group 3 at this distance. You've got to respect the last start win of uh, Tarath, but I think it's uh, $2.25 for, for it, and then a, a double-figure odds for Lunacorn. Give me Lunacorn any day of the week. Um, and a little birdie tells me she is flying. I was going to say, Rog, there's no way you've come up with that yourself. So that's definitely come straight from the mouth of uh, Sammy Freeman. So that gives an extra tick. Don't worry about it being Roger's tip. It's Sam Freeman's tip. So it's actually worth something. I am going with a horse that I was pulling on his tail last uh, last series of Moody on the mic. And much to Moods' chagrin, I was in trouble with him. He rang me after the show and said, you've got to talk these top horses up. I was like, well, he's got to be a top horse before we start talking him up. But he put the writing on the wall uh, in his last start up there uh, in the Queensland Carnival. Ayrton in race nine at Caulfield. Jamie Carr to ride. And can we reveal that Jamie might be the guest on Moody on the Mic uh, next Wednesday for those podcasters listening in? Um, she was a late scratching, unfortunately, uh, in this week's edition, but uh, has promised promised us that um, she's happy to hang a bit of shit on Peter Moody, given that she's now the number one rider for the Moody Racing Stable. Um, she said, yep, that that that's fine. I've... Uh, I've worked my way to the top of Moody Stable, so um, anything he says goes. So she's going to be your special guest next week, Peter, and she'll ride the last winner at Caulfield there on Saturday, Ayrton to win with a leg in the air. And she'll have ridden Lunacorn to victory earlier in the day. And and talking about Jay Carr, I think I just heard ooh-ah from Jay Carr as the doctor gave her her first vaccination for COVID. So good on you, Jamie, getting out there, making us all safer, leading the way. Australia's inform hoop having her COVID vaccination today. And unfortunately, that was the reason why she couldn't join us. That's uh, right. My, my best for the weekend, uh, I'm with Artorias in the McNeil Stakes, race four, number one. I think he'll return in great fashion for the Sam Friedman, uh, Anthony and Sam Friedman camp. And uh, I think he's just too good in that race. The Moody Stable Runners, like Sabre, takes him on. I reckon he can run an improved race, hopefully place behind Artorias. We have Oxley Road taking on Mars Crusader, badly in at the weights, but uh, I think he can run a cheeky race. A couple of mares in the Cockrum. Snickledoodle Dandy will find it a furlong too short and need the run. Diamonds in the Sky needs to probably lift a little bit too much, but she will give a sight up on the speed in a race devoid of speed. She's a fast horse. Diamonds in the Sky. So is Oxley Road. What do we do with fast horses? We let them run. 
Good luck, punters. Labrokit.